And good morning, everybody. You are listening to Action Line on KINY. I am your host, Jordan Lewis. And joining me in the studio, I have Molly Duvall and Tom Williams from Save Juno. How are you both doing today? Doing well. Doing well. Thank you. Now, my first question really stems from, so what is Save Judo? Because I saw that in relation to some things going on with the election this year, but I think it might require a bit more clarification for folks that aren't familiar with it. Sure. This is Molly. Save Juno is about uh, people wanting to get involved. It's looking around our community and finding that we want some change and we want to affect that change. So... We're an independent expenditure group registered with APOC and uh, specifically designed to support some of the assembly candidates and and uh, to deal with the uh, bond issue. Okay. I'm glad you threw in the APOC thing there because sometimes folks ask about that, so it's always good to have that in there. Of course, the other main context we've really heard about APOC is the city talking about its APOC obligations to do the the advertising and sort of the information delineation about the city hall ballot proposal, which is also the only ballot proposal, as another reminder for folks, just in case you wanted another update on that, that is the only ballot proposal is the city hall issue. Now, when you're talking about, you know, taking action within the community, what are some specific examples that you could give me of things that Save Juno is really focusing on? I think Save Juno is multifaceted, right? So it's about getting people engaged do they know what's going on in their community because i think a lot of times in our modern age people said oh that's political i don't get into that but we want them to take a little bit of ownership of that and say it is political but it affects me and i see it and i want to make a change so part of our initiative is to get out and talk knock and talk to to voters all kinds of voters, and see if what we're what, what we're advocating, which is fiscal responsibility, uh, is a concern of theirs. Okay, and so is, is it just that fiscal responsibility, or is there other sort of key aspects in there? Well, you know, I think I think this is a group formed this year as an outgrowth of some things that happened over the past couple of years. You know, as you may remember, uh, last year. None of the incumbents were challenged. There were no candidates running against them. And I think that sent a, uh, uh, not necessarily a good message towards the assembly because I'm sure the assembly said, well, nobody's gonna challenge us, so we must be doing everything right. And, and then I've, there were several issues that have come up since uh, that have raised a lot of people's concerns, specifically uh, the the increase in our property taxes. There are a lot of people who are very concerned, and it doesn't matter what side of the political spectrum you are. We pretty much got hammered by the raise in the in the uh, property taxes this year, and a lot of people went up in arms about that. So, I think uh, one of the the most important things that that Save Juno was uh, uh, created to do was to uh, support candidates who will act responsibly with regard to public spending taxation of us and and also there's been some uh, regulation issues that have, that have come about and I think that I mean when you when you start with that and you need to and uh, and you look at uh, excessive taxation um, uh, there's a lot of things that grow out of that and uh, and that's what we're we're hoping to to have an impact on Gotcha. And I want to even sort of expand on you know you talk about how they didn't run and they ran on the post last year. But then you contrast that to, you know, this year and now 
I mean, we have 14 candidates running for assembly, so that's a pretty strong contrast. Absolutely, and that's a very good thing, uh, not only for the city, but in, in, any, uh, in any election cycle. It's always good to have a, a number of different candidates, uh, the different ideas, and, and letting the public say, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a thought that I, something I never thought of. So, uh, so I think it's very healthy and very good, and we're encouraging it. And I, and I agree with you there. And I'm, I would know, I've, as I've talked with, you know, I've talked with the assembly candidates on the show before. I've talked with members of the current assembly before. And I, they've all been in agreement on that. We're like, no, it's good that we have this many people running. So yeah. it's a very good thing to see. Now, one of those things you were talking about, you mentioned, you know, the real big thing, you know, is that increase in the property tax and how in, in expressing concerns around that. And so how did that sort of motivate Save Juno to kind of form together? Was it because it seems to be the really big one? Yeah, so I think it's the equalizer, right? So if you have your assessments go up, lots of things have been happening countrywide for us, right? Inflation, movement of people, right? In and out of Alaska, we see an influx of older people leaving, some newer. Um, younger mid-age people coming in so we have a big influx of um, new people but what so the shortage of housing has something to do with it and it's inflation so it goes up I don't know if it goes up as much as it should uh, or uh, up as it up as it did I think the bottom line is that in order for us to have a healthy economy here, to retain our seniors, to make it attractive for younger people to move here, you have to make Juno affordable. And, you know, the, the, the pressures that Molly was talking about, the general inflation pressures, you know, we, we don't have a lot of control over that. But we do have a lot of control at the assembly level of just how much we hammer our public on their taxes. And, you know, in, in the past, when assessments went up, um, uh, the assembly took a lot of care to reduce the, the uh, mill rate so that we didn't see a dramatic increase. Sometimes uh, it was reduced to the point where uh, your taxes actually stayed pretty static. And that was a philosophy uh, that's been long held. Um, you know, we understand that there's there may be some some additional needs for money, but but what we saw this year was just um, what a lot of people consider is out of line and uh, and a little bit tone deaf from the uh, from the assembly because you know you can talk about housing if but if you make housing more expensive by increasing property taxes, it doesn't matter whether it's the owner or the renter. You know, how does that help our housing situation? It doesn't. So we, we, I think that's, that's a real, real important issue here in, in a whole – it has a, trip, a ripple effect on, uh, on virtually everything right here. And I was going to mention that you can tell that it's resonating with people because I have heard not one but many stories of neighbors going to neighbors and saying, I made this spreadsheet. Because I wanted to compare what's going on with taxes around my neighborhood. Why is mine going up so much? And we've heard on several occasions in the same neighborhood, on the same street, 7%, 12%, 
on the same street. There's no across the board percentage of increase. Do you want to say something there too? Because you look like you want to say something, so I might just let you go ahead. Well, you know, you know, the the uh, when 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 taxes when the assembly doesn't recognize the real impact of of uh, their taxing decisions and and the ripple effect that it has then it's time to start asking more questions. And, and we're supporting candidates. We'll be supporting candidates that, that really will start to ask the hard questions. Do we really need this? Can we live with, with, uh, with a much more reasonable tax, tax base? How does this affect our young people? Uh, how does this affect our senior citizens? You know, senior citizens uh, on a fixed income, they see a big hammer in their, in their property tax. They, they, they don't have much options. And, uh, and I just don't think it's, uh, it, the assembly is, is thinking these things through. And that is why we need some fresh blood on the assembly. Now, thankfully, we will get at least two new fresh faces and, and uh, potentially uh, four because uh, <clears throat> there's four people on the ballot or four positions on the ballot. Um, <clears throat> but when voters vote, it would be wise for them to look at those candidates and see if there's really going to be any difference between what the current assembly is doing and what a future assembly would do. So we enc I encourage people to, uh, uh, to really make that evaluation. And I mean, I would encourage them to make that evaluation, no matter kind of how they feel about how the assembly is or isn't doing, just always look into your candidates and make sure that you vote for who you feel like is the best you know, best option for you. Now, we are going to be moving into the break. When we come back, I'll be talking with you guys both a bit more about some of the sort of the specifics about Save Juno, sort of who are the candidates that you're looking at supporting, and then we'll talk about the proverbial elephant in the room being City Hall. You are listening to Action Line on KINY. And we are back with more Action Line on KINY. Joining me still, I have Molly Duvall and Tom Williams from Save Juno now. I think it's about time we just sort of broach the, the elephant in the room, which is obviously the topic around the city hall, because I know that is really the big topic going into this election. It's the only ballot proposal. So where does Save Juno stand on that? So Save Juno is clearly in the know. No new city hall. Which was about what I was thinking was kind of the stance there. But maybe kind of expand on the reasons for why. Well, you know, I think there's a number of reasons. I think we have to remember a couple things. I think it was around $35 million that uh, the city wanted to spend last year for a new city hall. And they put it out for a ballot issue. And the voters said, no. And then the, then the assembly said, oh, well, that's an unacceptable answer. We need to put it back out there. So they took not only did they crank up our property taxes this year, but they've also spent or $16 million of our property taxes to sort of forward fund that. That allowed them to put a ballot issue of $27 million on, on this year's ballot. But I think a lot of people are very unhappy that not only did they bring this back to, to the voters after it had been rejected, but this sort of, sort of the uh, poke in the eye was... Oh, and by the way, we're going to spend $50,000 of your property tax money or whatever money, city money that has been collected from the population, <clears throat> to tell you why you didn't make a good decision. 
And I think I think that has a lot of people up in arms. I think it was bad enough to uh, revisit the issue after they had been told no by the voters, uh, but then to uh, spend our money to do that after raising our taxes is, is not good. And uh, I think I think that's got a lot of people wired up. And, and that is kind of the consensus I've heard, of, especially that part where it's you know, that we had voted it down last year. Now it's back on the ballot again. And that has been really the big thing that I've heard because they're like, hey, what about the, the democratic process? The people made a decision and now you're just not doing that. And before I forget, I did want to note that with the, the 50000 they have noted that that is an APOC thing. They do have to spend money to do Correct. that part. So I do want to acknowledge that part. I know it's still a lot of people still are stung by that, but I do remember them describing that. And so I'm like, okay, okay it is an APOC thing. And so I just, I just want to bring it up before I forgot about it. But it, is, it does raise some concerns, and it raises that issue of, you know, the transparency of the situation where it's like, okay, well, we said, no, you're doing it again. Then, well, is that happening in other spots or is this on the one issue? It, 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 it puts, I think, the perception of City Hall not being in a, tr- the, not City Hall, but the city being in a kind of an untrustworthy position because they're just doing that. So the city has a problem. It has a building that was built in, what, 51? And they have said that the last time it was remodeled was in the 70s. That's like over 40 years ago. And I don't know how much maintenance has been happening. We all know that there's a problem. The question is, is building a new city hall the right thing to do? And if we build a new city hall, we have to take out a bond. Or that's what they're proposing, is to take out the bond. So if you look at just the fiscal part of it, just the bond itself, and what bond rates are doing just in the last six months, they're higher than they have been since 2007. So when you look at the financial part of that, and this is a 25-year bond. It's not a short-term bond. It's a long-term bond to build a new building. Is that the very best and most urgent thing that this city needs is a new building? When I go walk and talk with my neighbors... There's a lot of things that need to be fixed, but building a new building on for a 25-year bond is not one of them. Okay. And then off of that, that then raises the question of, well, what should be done instead of? So if we're not going to do the city hall, say that gets voted down, then what is what do you believe the city should do instead of that? I think the city needs to change their process to listen to people up front as to what needs to be done. You know, right now we have it sort of uh, sort of backwards from what happens in the legislature. You know, up, up in the legislature, <clears throat> uh, there's a bill proposed. There's an idea proposed by the, by the uh, administration or legislator. And then they bring in public testimony. And it works its way through various committees. And, and the public is involved at that point. And things are changed or amended. Uh, 
at, at every step of the way. And then at the final vote, the public isn't. When it goes to the, to the House floor or the Senate floor, <clears throat> that is where the debate happens with the, uh, with the members of the legislature. That's totally backwards, or that's totally different than what we do here. Uh, what we do is seemingly make all the decisions, finally get it to the, to the uh, <clears throat> make all the decisions without a lot of public input, finally get to uh, public testimony, and in most cases, there aren't any significant changes unless there's a huge outrage, um, which is not, not the best process. Uh, and, and it's not good when, uh, when you can have a, an assembly member lecture the public saying, well, we've discussed this issue for 20 hours and then fail to acknowledge that, yeah, you're discussing it with staff and yourself, but you really didn't get the public involved in those 20 hours until the very last. And I, I think the whole process needs to change, and I think we'll get a lot better, uh, lot better decisions, whether it's on a city hall, whether it's on taxes, whether it's on uh, <clears throat> regulating uh, uh, or, or trying to get additional information relative to short-term rentals and, and, and maybe regulating them. You know, there's just a whole lot of things that, that, that need to be uh, vetted with the public early on as opposed to right at the last minute when there's seldom any changes or very few changes. So it, it, from what I'm gathering here, it sounds like there needs to be almost a full, a full sale change of how that process is being done. There needs to be more public involvement there. And the public, I agree with that, and, but the public needs to be involved at the initial, initial stages, not at the end. Right. That's and and that's, that's what's reversed about it. And, and, and as, a, as a result, we're not getting, a, you're, you're getting people that will say, well, wait a minute. And I mean, we saw the results of, of that from a couple of years ago when last year we had to go to an initiative to overturn an assembly action on, on uh, property uh, sales disclosure. And people were pretty wired up and, and it, it passed. And that whole thing could have been, I think, uh, <clears throat> avoided had there been adequate public involvement at the very early stages of this before we got, went down a bad road. Gotcha. Okay. Now, my last question for you, which I did mention toward the end of the first half, is I want to know who is, you know, who are the candidates that Save Juno is supporting and kind of explain the, that process for me. Like, what led you guys to choosing those folks? Yeah, I, I can run through that with you. Um, we sent out questionnaires to all 14 candidates, and we asked them basically three questions. One related to the fiscal, uh, and we also ultimately got to, uh, you know, how are you going to vote on City Hall? Our first cut given our, our concerns relative to the city hall bond issue, uh, was how did you respond to that? Um, the people that were questionable or uh, said, yes, I'm going to support the, the continued uh, uh, supporting of, of city hall, they were sort of put aside because obviously we concern, consider that a, a problem that they're not really uh, they're not really going to change much of anything. Uh, so we winnowed that down. Um, then we read the responses to the property tax explanation, and we made a decision as to which ones we thought would most likely uh, ask reasonable questions uh, and do their due diligence on on taxes. So with that, uh, 
there are four positions that we're we're supporting, and uh, and I'll turn that over to Molly. So um, we are supporting for the downtown district, Joe Geldof, in the Valley uh, District. We are supporting uh, David Morris. And then in the two area wide, we are supporting Joanne Wallace and Nano Brooks. We believe those folks gave the most consistent answers and would actually uh, <clears throat> change some of the culture down at, uh, at the assembly, which is what we are all about. Gotcha. And I think on that, we will wrap up the show. I want to thank you both for taking the time to chat with me today. And, you know, now we just have to see how the election turns out. But thank you both for coming down. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You've all been listening to Action Line on KINY.